Okay, welcome to our Humans of YIC podcast, Sam, and thank you so much for your talk today, um, which was about hearing God's voice in my life. Um, I guess my first question to you would be, you spoke about this idea that uh, when you're too busy with life and you allow things like work or uni and, you know, that sort of routine to get in the way of things, um, it means that you're obviously constantly busy and you don't have time for people. Um, And so in a world where we all get sucked into that and, you know, I'm the first person to admit to that and I'm sure all my friends can attest to it, um, how do we create this time? You also spoke about quiet time as well. They might be um, linked together. Yeah. How is it that we can avoid letting our lives become – avoid being so consumed by everything that's happening in our lives, whether it be work, study, uni, whatever yeah. it might be, so that we can ensure that we are listening to and trying to actively hear God's voice in our lives? Great question. I think um, it comes down to prioritization. So, like, if I'm really psyched about my health, right, I make time to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I prior- because I prioritize it, I tell myself, you know what, today I'm going to hit the gym, I'm going to do it for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. Yeah. And I strictly keep that. So, if friends call me and say, hey, I'm going out, I'll say, sorry, I'm going to go to the gym now. I'm mm. going to do my hour and then I'll catch up with you later. Yeah. So it comes down to prioritising. That's what I kept on saying in the talk, that you have to make a firm decision about it. There's no uh, halfway doing it this way or that way, mm. right? If you choose a life where you want to hear God's voice, mm. you end up prioritising him because of your love for him. And so... You mentioned getting sucked into it, and I think we all do yeah. in this kind of world. Um, and it's a very um, capitalistic yeah. environment that we're living in now. Mm, definitely. And it's sometimes it's hard to make that decision. Once you make it, you stick to it. So mm. it, me personally, I think the struggle is the decision to say this is what I want my life to be. Yeah. Because we get sucked into a world where there's money, where there's what we think is fun at the time, Mm. right? But we don't uh, see the long-term effects of what that could be in our life. And we definitely don't have our eyes on on the final goal, which is Mm. loving Christ and living our lives with him. My advice then would be this, that if you truly want to hear Christ in your life, decide that this is going to be a priority for you that you're going to make God someone important in your life, someone that you're going to dedicate to him. Mm. Once you make that decision, then it's about speaking with your confession father and setting aside time um, to be able to spend that time with him. And it, uh, and he, working with your confession father, he'll, he'll build you up from there. Mm. That would be my advice. Um, that ties in really nicely with the point that you made about when you, you, when you do want to or you yearn to hear Jesus' voice in your life, um, you're at a crossroads and you either, you know, choose the wide gate or the narrow gate. And this idea of being lukewarm or, you know, wanting to be in the wide gate or you spoke about the example of, um, you know, 
do I go to this party or not or what was clubbing or being in those environments where um, in the 21st century it's such a standard sort of place yeah. to be. Um, so while your, you know, one's priority might be to hear God's voice in their life, um, I guess, and as you spoke about uh, the current, you know, the current society that we're living in, um, the social media, media, we're just constantly being bombarded with, um, like you said, this capitalist society, but also a society that's all for um, a lot of things that we're not for. Yeah. And it's really hard. And it challenges I guess, you. It, right? Yeah, it challenges you. So whether or not, you know, you're in the workforce or you're at university amongst people who aren't like-minded, um, it sort of becomes hard to uh, follow that narrow path yeah. and... Um, <coughs> take your stand if you don't have that uh if you don't have that sort of personality if you don't have that that personality the relationship yeah right yeah i understand exactly what you're saying Mm. um i think when it comes to that when you're talking about the pressures in life and being able to follow the social norm Mm. right so um perfect examples that are that we're challenged with today um is freedom of speech like what what happens with Falau. um uh homosexual marriages which yeah. is, which is coming on and safe school programs yeah. and things like that um and what i keep telling myself and what i keep discussing with the youth is we are living now in a society which is challenging mm. it's not something new though yeah. right um if we go back to the time of of lot mm. right living in the time of sodom and gomorrah these guys were so corrupt where when angels came into Lot, mm. the crowds went around Lot's house wanting to rape the angels. Mm. That's how insane that time yeah. was. Yeah. And we're seeing that now. Yeah. Okay? We're seeing that now. The exact same thing with what St. Athanasius was saying um, when he was challenged by Arius. Mm. Everyone was telling him, look, the world is against you, Athanasius. And he said, oh, I'm against the world. Mm. Um, St. Anthony once said that it's going to come to a time where when you do your own practices and the world is going to tell you you're crazy. Yeah. All right? It's And we're, we're living that time now. Yeah. It's not easy. Mm. You will be persecuted for it. Yeah. You will be judged for it. Mm. This would be m- my advice. It's very easy for us to point the finger and say society or whatever the mm. problem is that we're facing, all right, clubbing, pornography, sex before marriage, whatever the problem is, yeah. right, it's very easy for us to point the finger and say, they do this so we can do it, or mm. this is a norm and, and I can do it. This is what I would challenge you to do mm. and challenge the youth uh, of Melbourne to do and, and the youth everywhere around the world. Mm. It would be challenge that norm. So you don't have to be the average person. Average yeah. is just average. With Christ, you live an extraordinary life. It's extraordinary. It's not just ordinary. Yeah. And this is for everyone to live. Mm. So I think that um, to be able to live that extraordinary life and for others to experience that, Mm. God can use you as a tool. Yeah. And you will be persecuted for it. However, if you treat everyone with love and with respect – then that's an opportunity for God to work through you, mm. right? Um, I think that's one of our downfalls. So yeah. when we're talking about things like 
what we're challenged with in the world, it's that we don't treat people with love. Mm. If we go down to that that simplicity of life, if we're able to love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and love our neighbour as ourselves, mm. if we go down to that basic level, then everything else will fall in or automatically yeah. fall into place. Yeah. doesn't matter. Everything else is just detail after that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that point of love which you concluded your talk with um, and is at the centre of our religion and our very being um, is so beautiful but it's also – it's such a loaded term, you know. Love is not – you know, people throw it around like it's nothing right. and, you know, but it, it it's huge. God is love and – it dictates how you operate in life and how things are going to work out for you. How is it that we can um, be in his image and likeness? How is it that we can demonstrate that love, that godly love, even when we're in the face of these difficulties or these um, obstacles that are in front of us? Yeah. Jose, my wife, she always goes back to it's not the big things that count, it's the small things. Yeah. Um, per- perfect example. Um one day I was standing in Mecca's in a, in a line ready to order mm. and behind me was a mother with three children. They were all screaming at the top of, my, top of their lungs. Mm. For me, it's not a big deal for me to turn around and tell her, hey, you go and order first. You need to, you yeah. need to be able to move this forward. She was so appreciative of that. She goes, you have no idea how much I needed that. Thank you. Mm. Just that little small thing where it's – and that's not even an inconvenience to my life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. An extra minute. It's mm. nothing. But for her, it was so big that she just had this pile of of anguish throughout her mm. day and then trying to feed her children. Just that little thing was able to give her a brightness in her life. Yeah. And I think that's how God works through us to touch others. Mm. It's not the big things. It's not about having a youth talk and everyone adores it. It's not that. It's... The letting people go in front of you, it's the helping the old lady like t- go up the stairs or help her with the shopping without anyone needing to tell you, mm. right? It's something that comes from inside you. You yeah. see someone needing and you go need. Mm. So if you've got a gay friend, mm. it's not about the sin. It's about loving the sinner. That's it. And we are all in this bucket. Mm. It, it's not a special thing. It's we are all struggling with something and we're all in need of love and it's the small things it's that phone call uh, i was i was chatting with Nabuna the other day talking about um some some of the the youth that that stopped coming to church mm. one of my questions was well what's our follow-up program with them because what are you talking about what follow-up program mm. shocked me yeah that we've got so many youth that are living their lives in this perilous world and I haven't even picked up the phone to call them and said, hey, buddy, let's catch up. Mm. That, sometimes it's only that 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 where God t- touches them and says, yeah. you know what, there's still something here mm. for you. That's And, and th- that's what, what it would be then. Like to be able to say... Uh, like I, I mentioned about arms giving and 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 being able to put your time into something yeah. or someone, that's what that is. That's what Christ did uh, to Mary Magdalene. That's what Christ did to the the paralyzed man. Mm. That's what Christ did to the blind man. Mm. 
you give your time and your effort to someone and the blessing pours through. That's it. Cool. Um, and on the topic of love, um, you opened your talk with that, the analogy of the father um, creating uh, the perfect environment for his child, um, you know, before coming into the world and how, um, you know, that takes us back to Genesis and, and what God's, I guess, essential goal was with, with humankind. Um, if you could please elaborate on that analogy for us um, and then yeah, talk to us a bit about ex- needing to experience God in our lives. Okay, so imagine, you don't even need to imagine, mm-hmm. you're with a partner mm-hmm. and you love that partner so much. Mm-hmm. The natural progression through marriage, okay, is to be at such an intimate relationship with each other yep. that you share in the production of life. Mm-hmm. The Lord is the same way. Being all an all-loving trinity, he wants to share that love and he loves so much that he said, I want to create mankind and share my love with them and be with them because of how much love I have, mm. right? So that's the natural progression of where love takes you. It, love comes out of a selflessness to share with others. Mm. And God is always there trying to share with you and so through creation he created this um, perfect place for us and in Genesis it says uh, and everything he created and at the end he said it was very good there was no creating bad there was no creating evil evil came in through sin um, where the devil tempted mankind to go against what God did and they followed that and they chose freely, willingly to go against that. That caused the separation from God. So what Christ did straight away was he said, I can no longer be with man and I need to get them out of the garden, not for punishment, but to keep them away from the tree of life. Because if they ate from the tree of life, that would have caused eternal separation from them. So he took them out of the garden not as a punishment but as a precaution to make sure I need to be able to reunite with these people again, my children. And if they stay here, I'm at risk of losing them forever. Mm. And so he took them out of the garden and he said, you know what, now I've got to put a plan in place to how do I get you back. And so straight off the bat he created the sacrifices um, Mo- he gave Moses the law. Straight after that, he gave him the tabernacle because he knew then mankind can't keep the law. Mm-hmm. And the only person that can keep the law perfectly as man is Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. right? And he gave up his own son, the ultimate um, example of love to give give one li- yeah. one's life down as a, for the friend. right? And that's the ultimate um, like uh, manifestation of love where... I gave my only son and he died so I can have my children. Um, That's the love story that we're living today. Mm. And like I said before, it's it's so easy to say he died for us 
Yeah. It's not easy to say he died for me. Yeah. And that's something that I always try to do, to be able to bring it back to, to say, this is him for me. Mm. And if I, if I can grasp that, then doing something back is so easy then. St. Peter goes, uh, like, we love him because he first loved us. Mm. That's, that's what that is. It, it, the same way with Claire that because I love her, she's got no idea what's going on. Mm. But as she grows and starts to understand, then she's going to see, oh, my God, like, mum and dad love me so much, they're doing all this for me. Mm. And it, it just makes the appreciation grow. Mm. Um, and so when it comes to, like, that concept of love and being able to hear the word of God, let me put this analogy with my child again, yeah. right? So Claire at the moment, she can't speak back to us, mm-hmm. right? She, she mumbles and mummy, daddy, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm. When we're beginning our spiritual journey, so when someone decides, you know what, I'm going to become a Christian and I'm going to get closer to God or I've been baptised, I've been coming to church this whole time and it means nothing to me and yeah. now I want to have a relationship with him. Once that journey to get closer to God starts, we're at that baby stage mm. where... We da 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 da, da and, and God top tops on our back and says, Oh good good job, good yeah. job. And like we draw these crappy pictures <laughs> and God goes, Oh, that's the best picture in the world and he puts up in the <laughs> fridge. And like there's this relationship where God's like giving us all this love and, and satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But also on the flip side, when we do something wrong, he reprimands us. Yeah. Right? So if God goes if Claire goes and starts playing with the switches, mm. I tell her often, say, no, don't do that. And uh, if she keeps going, then um, uh, I start putting, like, blockades in front of her. And yep. Or um, as another example, like, if she started to play with fire, mm. like, obviously you don't want them to do that. But mm. then it gets to a point where you, where you have to be reprimanded to be able to stop it. That's it. As you get older, then you start to understand better. Mm. God doesn't need to reprimand you anymore. Mm. Because he, he's given you the explanation. It's don't play with electricity because you're going to get shocked and it can hurt you. Don't play with the fire because you're going to get burnt. Mm. And you're now at a maturity in your relationship where you can understand him better. So hearing the word of God at the start, it might just feel like mumbo jumbo. But the more you hear it and the more you follow it and, and respect it and honour it and obey it, that's then when it takes that relationship to the deeper level. Mm. I like that um, example that you gave of um, pushing through the grind, um, praying even though maybe you feel like, you know, I pray every day or I read the Bible every day, but, you know, once I close it or once I stop praying, I just don't feel anything anymore. Um, and I think that's a constant struggle we're facing as youth. You know, yeah. you pray, but you don't you don't feel that connection that, you know, you hear the saints have and mm. you hear all these beautiful stories about and you're just like, well, I obviously don't know how to pray. But it's that um, concept of persevering, pushing through it, and eventually it becomes a part of you, becomes, as you said, ingrained in our being and in, in our thought process and in everything that we do. Right. Um, and that was really, yeah, really insightful. Good, um, to, good to hear. Thank you. You, you, you spoke, or you, you, you gave us a, um, I want to say acronym, maybe an, an <laughs> attempt at, <laughs> an attempt at an acronym. Um, and I wanted you to just um, elaborate more on 
quiet time. So you spoke about having quiet time with God. And obviously, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, we're all so caught up in our own business that we don't have time for each other and for the people that we love the most. How are we supposed to have that quiet time with God? Um, and the, the other one that stuck out, especially given that um, St. Mary's fast is coming up this Wednesday, how is it that we can um, fast with a purpose? So those two, if you could. So quiet time yep. is dedicating time away from everything, unplugged, disconnected, and having that time with God. Okay. That's what quiet time is. In terms of how long it should be, uh, that's decided by uh, of the individual and the confession father. Okay. Um, I would not advise you to go gun ho and say, I'm going to smack out a half an hour or an hour of God time. Because <laughs> I promise you, if, if you start off as a rookie and you go into it with that, <laughs> with that heave ho uh, attitude, mm. you, your destiny is a failure. Fall. Yeah. So always work with your confession father to work out how much time that should be. In terms of what you do in quiet time, it's not that you just shut up and you just sit there quiet. Um, quiet time involves give and take. So it could be that you start off by just reflecting on your day and what struggles you've had um, with temptations, with problems that you're facing with your life, with relationships, with um, your parents, with siblings, with work, with studies, whatever, and also reflecting on the positives. Mm. So I woke up and the first thing I did was did the sign of the cross even before I opened my eyes. Uh, Pope Carolus used to do that. Mm. Um, uh, I, read, I read the Bible today and it touched me. I helped. Uh, I bought a coffee for someone that needed, that needed something. There was a poor guy on the street and I got him some food. Mm. Um, I let people go in front of me. I, I kept patient w- when I was angry. So reflect on those things. Mm. That, that's a good starting point with quiet time. Yeah. Then you progress to the next level where you start speaking more with God and him speaking with you. And that then involves reading the Bible, mm-hmm. small passages, and uh, and prayer. Um, me personally, I always started off with arrow prayers. Um, Could you elaborate on what they are? So an arrow prayer is a small sentence mm-hmm. and um, it was designed and created by the early church fathers and the monks, um, to uh, address um, se- uh, unceasing prayer. Okay. So the the way to do it is you say, um, and there are different variations of it, but it's my Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And you just repeat it over and yeah. over again. You, you don't have to pray about anything else. Um, the reason why the monks went to this and th- the reason why we repeat Lord have mercy so many times in the Mass and throughout a liturgical life, is because everything else, God knows. Mm. God knows all your struggles. God knows what you're thankful for. God knows all, like um, every, everything Indeed, about you. Yeah. So all you have to say is have mercy on me. Forgive yeah. me. Right? So that's, that's where, that's where the, the Arab prayers came from. Now you repeat this over and over again and then the training of repeating Arab prayers then turns into being able to do that through a biological means. So as an example, you say one word with every breath, in mm-hmm. and out. Um, then uh, as you continually say this, it gets ingrained in your heart. 
Um, another prayer that people do is the Lord's Prayer over and over again. So um, doing prayers and reading the Bible then becomes a critical part of your quiet time. And obviously the, the Bible, the Word of God, okay, um, in Hebrews, from St. Paul's uh, epistle, um, it says the Word of God is living and powerful, mm. right? It's not something that was written 2,000 years ago and it means nothing. Yeah, It's something living that applies to you today. It's living, breathing, life-giving mm. words. Um, and so quiet time will will evolve into also into that. Then there's also a practical side of it where you do something where you um, where you find or you or you um, exper- uh, um, not experience sorry um, experiment mm-hmm. with other ways that God talks to you. All right. So I had a youth person where um, Christ was able to talk through her through her art. Okay. Okay. So uh, she decided to go down an art form, and she would take out some time in a day. Um, I think it, she built it up to fifteen minutes at the time, and and she would draw and sketch out Christ. Okay. And that was the way that she was able to have her quiet time with him. Um, I had other people where they would start singing, and they loved mm. hymns, mm. right? Not not Tazbihah or liturgical hymns, but other other Christian hymns. Yeah. And that was the way that, that they were able to. Um, meditate on him mm. not so much as a quiet time right but they use that as a connection point yeah. and that's what it will morph into mm. um so so that's mo- that, that's the quiet time uh, portion of it um speak to your confession father that would be my advice to be able to he'll he'll take you through a program and be yeah. able to build you up from it if you don't have a confession father um speak to speak to a father that will be able to guide you through it mm. um and sorry what was the uh, fasting with um, fasting with purpose. purpose. That's right. Um, like I said, this was something that my wife was able to teach me, and it's changed fasting for me for, forever. It's mm-hmm. the best thing in the world. Um, and what you do with fasting, obviously, you subject your body so that your spirit can grow. That's the purpose of it. Um, now, fasting with a purpose makes your spirit grow, um, and also giving. A focus point of where the spirit should grow. So there are so many virtues um, which we can try to attain, and there are so many sins which we want to be able to avoid and get out of our lives. Mm. Um, so I mentioned like you can fast for certain things like that. The other thing though is being able to fast for someone else. This was something that I never had done before meeting my wife, mm. and once that became an option that I knew about. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, how come I didn't know that? <laughs> That's such a good idea. Mm. And when you fast for someone, it's different to say, like, pray for me. Like, you know how yeah, like people yeah. say, oh, pray for me. Mm. And, uh, and then you mention them in, in a prayer. It's very different compared to mentioning them by name. Mm. And it's very different than fasting from them. It's taking it to that next level of intimacy. It's to, it's to say, I'm going to sacrifice my body mm. to, and... I'm going to put my mind and my focus and my prayer on this person. Um, there's a saying in Egypt that says, it's from the prayer of the monks that the earth keeps turning. Mm. Uh, there's another one that says, it's from the prayer of the monks that, that our city walls are protected. The, I, cannot, like, I cannot tell you how important sh- fervent prayer is. Mm. And it's through that strong prayer the power of prayer explodes. Mm. 
Yeah. Forget nuke. It, it, it explodes. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about fasting for someone, that's that love portion that I was speaking yeah, to about yeah. earlier. It's to say I'm going to sacrifice myself for this person, mm. knowing willingly, uh, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. Mm. Um, but once you take that step, they're the they're that the the deeds and the prayers, which God relates to, because that's what He did when He was on Earth, right? Mm. He was the one that went and fasted forty days for us. Mm. He was the one that went out on the streets that day in day out, um, helping the needy and helping uh, and uh, and like healing people, right? Mm. And so he does that on a daily with us, and he relates to us when we do that, and we relate to him. Mm. So um, the fasting for purpose, if you haven't done that before, this really transforms what fasting is for you. It, mm. It's not just St. Mary's fast starts on Wednesday. Now I'm off meets again. Yeah. It's this is St. Mary's fast and I'm going to ask for her prayers and to help me work on my anger, work on my patience, work on my ability to focus. It, it doesn't have to be only spiritual based, right? It's yeah. it's it's about it's about focusing on or honing into one thing. Okay. my I think it's such a beautiful concept and it's such a different way or approach, I guess. Or I've never heard of, you know, um, this is the first time I'm, I'm hearing of it and so I'm grappling with the idea and I'm trying to um, sort of think about how I can apply it in my life. Mm-hmm. And So the, I can give you a few examples of what I did. Okay. Does that help? I'll have one question oh, sure. and then yeah. yeah, and then I want because I need to hear these examples. But how is it just because obviously we fast for you know our spiritual growth and we're we're doing it for God and we're making that sacrifice essentially for God. So how to, can we ensure that we are not because if you're fasting for someone, does that not detract um, from? the whole concept of fasting and, and doing it, you know, in the right. name of St. Mary or whoever's – whatever the fast is, that's qu- kind of what's going Where through my – yeah. So um, let me give you a story. There was a monk, right, um, and uh, he went to St. – I believe it was St. Moses of the Black. He went to St. Moses of the Black and he told him, look, every time I go to church um, for, for us to pray the midnight praises, there's this one monk that always sleeps – should I be kicking him out of the church? And St. Moses replied, I think it was St. Moses, forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, he said, uh, me personally, I would give him my knee to, to sleep on. Um, another one, which I do know is St. Moses the Black, was um, that um, he was fasting and then there were some, some monks that were travelling and, and they came by his cell. And so he, he, cooked him, he cooked them lentils and he broke his fast. Um, now the fast... Right, if we're thinking of that as the tradition and, and, and the strict way, well, yeah. he shouldn't have broken his fast. Mm. His reply, though, to the abbot was, "My ru- my rule is to love, love my neighbor, okay, and and the love, um, it over, it, what's the word? It like um supersedes, supersedes. It, it supersedes any anything else." Mm. 
So if we're able to love God and love our neighbour, all the other traditions are meant to be pushing us in that direction. Mm. Okay? Right. And so, yes, the fast is for St. Mary or, to, or it's the Lent fast, mm. right? But these are times, like uh, Abuna Tadras always used to say about St. Mary's fast, that you pick one of her virtues and oh, work on right. that. Yeah. Okay? So something like obedience, something mm. like purity, mm. right? Um, or during the Lent fast, um, where it takes you through this journey with Christ, all right, you go through a journey of, of, of eliminating a sin in your life. Mm. You just focus on that. So um, get, let me give you an example. Mm. Um, this, is, this is, I think, something great for our youth, something like dating. Mm. All right, if you're, if, you're, if you're wanting to date someone, mm. um, fasting for that purpose, for God, to s- you fast and you say, you know what, I'm going to fast a few days and I want God to let me know if this is the right person for me or not. Mm. This is something that Joseph and I did. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's like a personal thing where you can say, okay, this is, a, this is a direct thing which I'm asking God to answer. Yeah. Um, another one would be if I know, not if I know, there was someone in trouble mm. and uh, me and a friend knew about this and we decided, you know what, let's fast for this person. Okay. And... We fasted for them and were praying for them. Mm. Um, at uh, at a certain time of the day, we both d- uh, agreed that we would uh, read um, the eleventh hour Agbeya prayers together. Okay. Um, not together, together, but like I was yeah. in my house, he was yeah. in his, and we and we did the prayer and, and and we prayed for this person, and whether it was for our whether it was our prayers answered or their prayers answered, or it doesn't matter mm. that they were able to work through that problem, mm. and. I truly believe that it's through the power of prayer that mm. those struggles were answered. Yeah. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't no. something that was um, just by chance. Yeah. So, and that is p- loving your neighbour. That's loving someone. Like, yeah. So, there are two examples where I think where it shows the importance of love and that where that should be the focus rather than the tradition side, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Um just with that last one, that second example that you've given, did you – let's say we're not in a period of fasting. We don't, yeah. you know, um, one of the rare sort of times in the year when we're not yeah. fasting. Um, is it okay to designate one day, two days, three days? Because from the sounds of things, maybe – That's um, how we did it. Yeah, that's how it sounded like that's how you did it. Do you have to – how do you go about it? Do you just decide to do it? Do you have to consult yep. with your confession father? So there are two – yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are two ways to do it. If you want to be able to con- to um, discuss this with your confession father, absolutely. And they'll, they'll guide you in that same direction that you mm-hmm. don't need a fasting period to fast. Yeah. Um, doing it on your own is another option. Okay. Um, and and the, the reason why I would say – like do it with your confession father first before trying to do it on your own mm. is because with these fasts usually it's not about um i'm not going to eat meat or whatever it's a, it's about i'm not going to eat for a period of time okay and so and and during that time you're focusing on the spirit side yeah, not just right. that right so um so that's why i would say if you if you if this is something new to you it's probably best to do it with your confession father first because he'll be able to uh, um guide you in how much time according to to the your level right mm. and then from there then you're able to 
taking that on and start doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and you said you were going to give some. Uh, were there other examples that you were going to give about fasting with a purpose, or were those the ones? I can give one more example. Okay. Um, so having Claire was actually a very difficult thing for us. Right. Um, and and it, yeah, and we w- we went through a, a, a lot of hardships to be able to take her on. Fasting was a pillar of strength for us. Okay. So it not only not only fasting for that purpose, but also fasting for the strength to be able to endure. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the the best things that we can learn that the forty days of, of fasting for Christ and Him teaching us of like how to do that. Mm. It wasn't just about enduring to it, it wasn't about um, like the action of fasting. Yeah. It was about the endurance yeah. for the temptations that, that were to come. Um, and so fasting for that purpose gives you strength to take it to that next level. I can't imagine that Abraham, all right, um, in his 80s and wanting to have the child went did that without fasting. Mm. I can't imagine that happening because it's it's that constant dedication which um, which gives you that strength to take it to the next to the next day. So it can be a source of strength for you as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just wanted to conclude with this. Um, in your talk, I noted down um, a really nice thing that you said, and you said we need to tune our hearts to God's frequency. Right. Can you just um, speak about that a little bit more? Right. So God speaks to us all the time, right? Mm. And, he, and he's constantly speaking to you and to me. If I'm tuned in, when I say tuned, if I'm focusing on wealth, if I'm focusing on success, worldly success, Mm. if I'm focusing on beauty, Mm. if I'm focusing on whatever it is, Mm. right, that will always be my goal. To be able to tune into Christ, you have to be able to want his relationship that's the tuning part Mm. all right so if i want wealth i'm gonna work hard towards that goal Mm. if i want to be with god if i want to love christ the same way that he loves me i'm gonna have to want that that's Mm. the tuning part when when you when you get a touch a taste of that that sweetness it's something that it's an addiction you need more of it this Mm. is so good and I feel so happy in my life. It doesn't matter if I'm thrown into prison. It doesn't matter if I'm being tortured like St. Ebenob and we celebrated his, his feast day recently. Yeah. At 12 years old, for someone to be able to stand in front of a king and say, mm. I'm a Christian, only love can take you to that point. Yeah. And so that's, that's how tuned in he was. Mm. Um, and that's that's what that means, tuning into his frequency. It's he wanted it so bad that that was the goal. Mm. Um, does that yeah kind of explain that? Mm. It's difficult. Rephrase that. It's not difficult. It's a decision. Mm. It's a decision. If I choose to make him my priority, I will. Yeah. I think that the hard thing is. And sorry to be honest, we don't want it. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah. As youth, we get uh, we get Hold sidetracked, up. and we yeah. s- and we see 
that we want something else. Mm. That's what it is. We're so short-sighted. Yeah. We don't see that this is this is nothing compared to eternity. That's it. Our frequency is on that really dodgy end of the spectrum where it's all fuzzy and yeah. um, just not – there's no connection with anything and we think that that's what we want. Yeah, we're looking at the first the first five minutes of the two-hour game. That's it. We're not looking at the end game. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. Let's try looking at that. That's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your talk today. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. It was really insightful and um, your the steps that you've you know given us to sort of um, use and move forward in our lives with, I'm sure – Um, will be of great use for us and our spirituality. So thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you.